God before us, God beside us, God behind us, God above us, be also now between us, a bridge through which your truth may move. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I once again have that imbalanced feeling, right? (laughs) Got to lean this way on one foot. FOMO. Fear of missing out. This is a word you hear quite a bit anymore. We were sitting at a uh, family dinner table with my mother-in-law, and she got the pho and the mo mixed up. And so she put one in front of the other, and so we all sit there with this horrified look on our faces. And we said, what are you talking about? And she said, you know, fear of missing out. We said, no, 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 that's FOMO. Big, big, big difference there, Susan. <laughs> but we have all know what that is, because I think that everybody in this room has been touched in one way or another um, by social media, by Facebook, by Instagram, by Snapchat, whatever yours is, whatever you're using to show the world what you're doing, whatever you're using to see what others are doing. We have it. And so we we see all of these pictures. 400 million pictures a day are uploaded to Facebook. 200 million are uploaded to Instagram. So we see these pictures of what everybody's doing, all of these great things, these beautiful places, these magnificent-looking children and wives and husbands and beautiful locations. And we think, why am I not there, right? Look at where I am. What's going on here? And it, it always looks a little prettier, doesn't it, than it is in real life. It's all out there. Um, We want that spotlight, and what's worse is we will sometimes even see a party where our friends are and we're not, and we think, well, wait a minute, why didn't I get invited? You know, why why am I not there? So we begin almost living in this other world, this world of electronics, this world that is out there, and you know what I've come to find out is that that really isn't the way it is in those photographs. I took a picture once, and there was a group standing there, and somebody, I was kind of messing with my phone, and somebody said, hey, don't post that to Facebook. I said, well, okay. I was thinking about doing it later on, but why not? Well, I haven't filtered it yet. I said, well, what what does that mean? Well, I've got to, you know, kind of take out some bags under my eyes, maybe make my teeth whiter, put a filter on it that makes everything kind of glow so that it's otherworldly. So when people look at it, they think, wow, that looks like heaven. I've got to be there wherever they are. It is golden. My life isn't golden. So we begin to think about what's out there and it makes it even worse by the filter. But it's not real. It's been filtered. And then I found out there are actually, Insta- they call them Instagram sunglasses. Have you heard of these? This is the ad for it. Make the crappy world around you look as incredible as your Instagram feed of painfully staged photos with Instagram filter sunglasses. 
Simply put them on and watch as the world around you is bathed in a Polaroid-like warmth. So you can actually have sunglasses that make everything seem somehow a little bit better than they are. And so this fear of missing out is dangerous because it gives us the false impression that illusion, that visibility is significance. That visibility has meaning. That visibility, and if you don't have it, somehow you're not important, or where you are is not important. And that is very, very dangerous, particularly for people like me. I was born in a small town. I've always lived in a small town. Because we can begin to look at what is out there and think somehow what we're doing or where we are or our lives, that they just don't matter, that they're not important in some way. And you can not just take it for where you live, but your job, that somehow that job is more important than where I am, or that marriage seems more significant than mine, or that relationship is somehow bigger or more important or significant, so I've got to be there. And instead of living where we are, for where God has called us to be, the important work that is overflowing with significance in the eyes of the divine, instead of resting under the sovereignty of God, we begin looking out there, Somehow thinking, I've got to be there to be important. I've got to be there to make a difference. I've got to be there to have significance. And we begin to stop living our lives. (laughs) We begin to live through other people. We begin to live through what we see out there. And we fail to live into what God has called us to right where we are. trying to be what we're not. And this is my quote of the month, since I've already quoted Thor's mother from Avengers Endgame. (laughs) We'll do it again, the sage of wisdom. But it was so important. It's one of those Holy Spirit moments where you think, those words are beyond this movie. Where Thor has, you know, he's drinking beer all the time, he's kind of sitting around, he's gotten really fat, um, And there's nothing wrong with that, but he's not Thor anymore for what he was called to be. Um, And so he's there, and his mother is listening to him and is giving him this ear of of wisdom um, and, and patience. And she says, we all fail at being who we are supposed to be. It's living into who we are that matters. It's being who we were born to be that matters. We all fail at what we're supposed to be. And Instagram and Facebook and everything else that we look on with envy and jealousy, and it's false, half of it. We fail when we begin to try to replicate that in our lives. When we begin to follow that as if that's the lane for our lives. And we lose patience with being formed into who we are. We lose patience with being where we are. Because in this world today, it's instant, isn't it? I want it all and I want it now, and if I can't have it now, I'm going to fall off to the next port and find it. 
And so we, we don't want to be formed, right? We don't want to, to be crushed in some ways, as Christine Kane says. Because that's where new wine comes from, isn't it? The grapes get crushed. We get formed, even after we're called to do things. Sometimes we, we are in obscurity, or we're in darkness, or we're in places that are painful for a period of time. And I don't know about you, but every time I've been in one of those places, I have learned from it and I have been formed into something that is for good. But we don't want that. Because the filter on Facebook shows us that it's better over there. And then we're not living into what God's called us to be. Paul shows us something about FOMO in today's lesson from Acts. Today's lesson from Acts finds the Apostle Paul. You remember a few Sundays ago he was knocked off of his horse, if you believe Caravaggio in the painting. We just know he fell to the ground in a conversion experience. God anointed him, God called him, but then God sent him out into the wilderness and some other places that weren't so great. He went on his first missionary journey. And now in today's lesson, Paul is starting his second missionary journey. He's with Silas and Timothy. And today's reading is a little bit more than what the church wanted us to read. Because if we had only read what the church wanted us to read today, we'd be reading about Lydia and her conversion, which is wonderful and important. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But the two verses that come before that, monumental. So important to what happened after. So, that's, so what is it? What do we add today? Verse 6, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. They wanted to go to Asia, probably Ephesus which was a town where there were a lot of Jews, and that was the audience that Paul was looking for, an audience that would give him ear. I want to go there. I've been called, right? Hashtag anointed. Here I come. I'm going to be a star. I'm going to Asia. And what happened? At least Paul was open to the movement of the Spirit, listening through prayer, listening through others. The Spirit wouldn't allow him. No, Paul. No. It's not about you, right? You're going somewhere else. Well, it's got to be to Bithynia, another major city, a city where there will be a big audience for yours truly, right? No. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow him. So he we went to Troas, where he met Luke, and Luke kind of joined their, their troop, this has got to be it. Troas, another big city. I'm going to stay here. Then he has a vision. Come to Macedonia. So it wasn't Troas either. And they took him through the backwoods area to a town called Philippi. A big city, but a city filled with Greeks. No Jews. There wasn't even a synagogue there. You had to have ten Jewish men to have a synagogue. They weren't even meeting in the city. They were meeting outside of the wall. Right? Surely not there. 
Who's going to be there to listen to me? Yours truly, Paul. Lydia and her friends, women. And women at a time where women were not considered to be important. Right? Women were chattel. Women were certainly not, they wouldn't be leaders in your movement, leaders in your church, and yet God called Paul to something new. God called Paul to be crushed, to die to all that he thought was important, to all that he thought would be filtered and wonderful. You go outside the wall and you convert Lydia. And she will help you. She will support you. She will be a leader for you. And so there he was, starting something new. Picking up Luke along the way. He would have never done that listening to the voice of the Spirit guide him and lead him to his moment of appointment, to his moment where he would be good for something, to his moment where he could do what God called him to do, not where he expected, not in the popular places, not in the golden filtered places, but in Philippi. I will do something new through you. Just have faith, have patience to run your race. Christine Kane says, that God will give you grace for your race. And yet so many times we want to be in someone else's lane, we want to be in someone else's race, and then we wonder why we're getting frustrated, why we're meeting with disappointment, why our lives are filled with bitterness. Because we're not open to being formed, we're not open to waiting, we're not open to living into what God has called us. Martin Luther said to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And yet we live in a world filled with noise. We live in a world where the person with the loudest voice and the most words is significant. And we don't listen for the movement of the Spirit in our lives and in our world We focus on God in prayer so we know how to focus on the world. And not just traditional prayer, but also in listening to others. Paul was open to having Luke in his life to say, come to Macedonia, right? Are we listening through all of those things? I talked about that Holy Spirit moment in Avengers Endgame. Are you listening for the Spirit to speak through that? through the people you love, through the people around you, through the people gathered here. Have you ever had that moment where somebody said something and it was, aha, that is meant for me. That is a word of God that I cannot explain and it is totally out of context of this conversation, but that is for me. Are we listening like that? Because that is a form of prayer. And it is easy to get discouraged in this world. It is easy to get discouraged when we look at all of the glory that is out there and to begin to hear that voice and to not to hear the sometimes still small voice of the divine in our own hearts and in our own lives around us saying, wait, or saying, don't go there, or saying, don't do that. And so we give up. And we listen to the voices of the world and we head in that direction 
And then we wonder why there is this hole in our hearts and in our lives that is never filled with all of the things of this world. There is a video that I've heard about. I haven't watched it. I can't find it. But somebody described it, and it is one of the most powerful things I've heard in the last month. During the eclipse, and I don't know how many of you all made the special glasses or made the box where you could see the eclipse. There was a young girl with her family. They were videotaping the eclipse, and she did not understand what was going on. They had explained it to her, but she clearly didn't understand it because as she had the glasses on and was watching, as the moon began to darken the sun, as that dark blob blotted out the light, all of a sudden you hear her scream, don't give up! She screamed it. Then she screamed it again, don't give up! And then she started cheering, almost like a cheerleader. Please don't give up. You can't give up. We are called to be the light of the world wherever we are. And there is significance in that, in everywhere you go. And so many times we want to give up. Because sometimes it's hard to be formed. Sometimes it's hard to be changed. Sometimes new, we don't want that, we want old. God gives us grace for our race. And as the gospel tells us today, Jesus says, peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but as God gives my peace. And the Spirit will move among you. And if you turn to the Spirit, you will be led by the Spirit in your life and in your calling for your appointment. It might not be tomorrow, it might not be the next day, but if you give in to that formation, you will be ready when that time comes. And during this time of Easter, remember this. We fear missing out. We want to give up. But Easter reminds us that God has not and will never give up on you. Give up on me. Give up on all of us, no matter where we are, no matter where we go. Amen.